are listening to Heal with Sarah Livia. Welcome, beautiful. This is the podcast where you will learn from world-class guides and experts about all the different healing modalities and self-actualization tools out there to inspire you on your healing and growth journey, whatever that looks like. I'm your host, Sarah Olivia, embodiment, pleasure, and self-love coach, and a somatic healing guide. I am so honored to have you listening. Buckle up, bring an open heart and an open mind, and let's jump in. Hello, dear ones. I hope that you are warm and well wherever you are. I am so grateful that you are tuning in again this week to Heal with Sarah Olivia. I have a beautiful guest conversation for you this week. Michaela Wright is a registered dietitian and Reiki master who works with women to naturally balance their hormones and chronic symptoms, whether they are in their 20s and 30s, in their fertile years, or whether they are 40s and above in their menopause years. She is a true expert in the cycle, in women's health, in really unlocking deeper levels of balance. And she is deeply connected to the realms of energetics. She is also an energy healer. And um, yeah, she's a beautiful soul. And I'm very, very grateful to have found her in this big wide world of um, the online healing community. So thank you so much to Michaela for having this conversation with me. I hope that you really, really enjoy and get a lot of value and wisdom from it. Welcome, Michaela. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Truly, super excited. <laughs> we have our little witchy hormone dietitian expert. So, so happy that you are here to share with us. I know that everyone listening is going to get so much wisdom and so much value. So, um, yeah, thank you in advance for sharing all of your secrets. Oh, I'm, you know what? They're not secrets, but I'm super excited <laughs> to share. <laughs> secrets, wisdom, all the things. Um Okay, so I do need to ask, because I'm really curious, why do you call yourself witchy? So, okay, so my family, and we talked about this a little before we got started here, but my family comes from a super, super diverse religious background. Like, I have some very conservative Christians, I have Scottish Episcopal priest who who practices pagan, like, not she's not like a pagan, but practices pagan things. I feel like I'm very fluid about the word like religious spirituality, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have a Presbyterian pastor as a grandpa. Um, just all the things. And growing up, we were just me and my sister were always the ones that were like, we meditate, ha ha ha, and like that was our response. But as I've gotten older, um, I just energy healing has been so important for me. And diving into, I know we're going to talk about this so much more, but diving into divine feminine work and what that even Mm -hmm. means and shadow work and understanding your limiting belief systems has been huge in healing my autoimmune diagnosis. And so to me, when I was like, you know, oh, with my brand, to be just a dietitian or to be just a hormone coach did not cover it for me because it 
me honoring the fact that that you know what we call witchy or woo woo or whatever use whatever word you want but that land was super powerful for me and so I always consider myself a witchy person because I just I am but I I have a hard time identifying with like one word so that's why I think a lot like witchy because I'm like I'm like yeah I'm witchy like that's me you know and also that's something that like it is really powerful it is really powerful to identify as a witch and like yeah so of course I can understand why you know it's witchy maybe eventually it's going to be full witch um like this is something that I've been diving into so much more recently is just actually understanding like who were the witches that were banned yeah so interesting you bring up this question of um you know this kind of like diverse like diversely religious family but also like identifying as like as a witch because of course the you know the history with witches is essentially witches more so than witches they were like high priestesses yeah were essentially there to help people remember their kind of innate divinity yeah uh-huh. sorry yeah. I'm, I'm completely nerding out on the history of no, it. I love this. And no, actually I love like you know religious um institutions essentially shut that down because religious institutions yeah. you know decided actually you know we're the only ones that can help people remember their divinity yeah. or they shouldn't remember their own divinity they need to know it through us yeah, so, yeah. anyway and I think it's me leaning into what spirituality means to me because I have so many backgrounds Mm -hmm. that I I really want to make sure I I am allowing myself to be open to whatever yeah like you know like I'm like it it means whatever it means to me yeah Um, like it doesn't if I consider myself a witch or witchy does not mean that I do every single spell in the book or like no, whatever, exactly. you know, because I think for me, it's always my older sister. She is very like spell oriented. It's very cool. But I am more like just, just literally my thoughts is energy. Just like, it, just yes. energy. I just see the world and feel, I feel the world as energy. And I mm. think that's, no, I don't think I know that that is for sure. My, that what resonates with me in terms yes. of witchy land you know yeah. or witchy witch land spirituality land yes. yeah yeah no I love that I mean like you are one of the you know you're one of the people in our generation that has that transmission and that is necessary that is like essential and like there's yeah. so many ways to share that um so thank you for owning that and yeah. like claiming that that's awesome um on the, the path for sure I feel like uh, it's all, all everyone who's on this journey I think we're all like opening up to this but it's definitely yes. a continuous like okay oh yeah. I'm open to that oh, oh okay. yeah uh, oh okay <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah 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 and I think you do a really wonderful job of making it accessible um, that I, wow thank you for saying that because honestly that's something that I really do like want is I want people to say there's no definition of what a witch is or witchiness is or spirituality like we don't have to put ourselves in a box and we can say does this work for me cool and if it doesn't then all right we'll do the next thing I want it to be not like I don't want to say threatening because that's not the right word but just not I, I, I don't want it to scare like scare people you know sometimes it's just so like intense and very like so polarizing that it's like oh yeah which is fine. It's totally yeah. fine. I think for me, because I'm on my journey and I know that it honestly is scary to be on that journey. Like, yeah. oh, people accept me the way I am. Oh, family members accept me for this. You know, mm-hmm. to say, you know, I can be, 
I can be something without being like nothing. You know what I mean? I can, I can do what's my two cents today and maybe tomorrow I'll do four cents, but yeah. it doesn't matter as long as you're on your own path and feeling good about it. hundred percent. Um, so moving more into the hormonal, yes. hormonal piece, um, are you happy to tell us a little bit about your journey that you yeah. know, brought you in your own healing journey? Cause I know that you've been through yeah. A whole, yeah. a whole, a whole thing. <laughs> so for me, um, and my, my mom and my sister and I, my younger sister, we all have Hashimoto's like hypothyroidism. Um, and so it's been very prominent in our family. I was diagnosed when I was 12 and I didn't really know what was going on really. It was very like, wow. I, I think I was gaining weight more than other kids, but like you're a kid, you really don't no, and like you know body weight for children like that's a whole diet culture thing like you know it was, yeah. just, it was rough um so anyway 12 years old and I get on a med- medication and so when you're 12 years old you believe that the doctor is like you you always believe the doctor should be amazing but especially at 12 you're like you're like huh okay I'm good now like like the functional medicine like my parents weren't really in that world. And so why would I have been in that world? No one was in that. I mean, barely anyone was in that world when we were growing up. Yeah. Yeah. True. So then, so they put me on a medication and whatever. And then I, as many of us did, went into birth control because it was a good option for me. I thought that it was the best option. And my GYN, she was like, I, I asked her the questions, but she was like, no, you're fine. You'll be great. You're fine. You know, like she was just such a supporter, which is, which is what they do. And it's okay. Um, but little 18 year old me was like, okay, let's do it. So then I was on birth control for five years. Wow. And, but within that time, I, this is where like the alignment stuff starts to come in. Yeah. And so I, so I went to school as a dietitian and I was, you know, school was stupid. It was so, no, it was great, but it just, it pushed, it pushed, like but we're talking about like the female body in terms of pushing stress mm. like my body was done like it could not handle it right like I think we also don't talk about in just the world of women's health that like university or college is so hard on the body because it's constantly in that masculine do 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 study 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 work 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 yep. and so I was doing my bachelor's and then my I started my master's while doing my bachelor's at the same time of doing my internships, which was like 2000 hours of internship, plus working to pay my rent. So I was, I'm a DJ too, on the side, just as a random fact about me, but I was DJing Fridays and Saturdays, and then, oh, teaching a cardio-based fitness class Monday through Friday, and then Sunday was working, okay? So like, mm-hmm. school was like, it was wow. a lot. I bet, you, I bet your adrenals were loving that. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like my body was just like, okay, ha ha, ha, you know, it just like was not, was not happy. Mm-hmm. So um, then, so we got out of school and then the normal thing for a dietitian is to get a job at like a long-term care facility or um, a hospital. Um, so I was at a long-term care facility and I had like 200, maybe it's like 150. It was a lot, like 150 to 200. I might be, I might be a little wrong. It was a while ago now, but it was a lot of people. people. Yeah. And I was getting paid like 40,000 USD per year with like two days off if I wanted, you know, like I was, which is not, not a lot. And I was living in Brooklyn at the time. So (laughs) 
cheap place. Yeah, as in like New York City, Brooklyn. So yeah, yeah. I, I my know. body again was under this massive stress of like, I have to survive. I was starting to gain like, but not, I don't want to say weight in a negative way, but just like inflammation. Like yeah. it was, I yeah, mean, like I, I was yeah. trying to eat. Yeah, I think we can, you know, we can have the nuance. Like, I'm very big on the nuance around weight. Like, we understand the difference between, like, fat phobia versus actually just like, hey, this is my body telling me that there is something really not right and I'm in an imbalance. Continue. Amazing. So that, my energy was terrible. Um, I started this kind of gross, but I started to get, um, like, just she's going to the bathroom all the time we'll keep it like at that but it was just like all the time like sometimes like, like my body was just like yelling like I am under so much stress mm-hmm. um but my, I grew up with my dad being self-employed and I was like this is not the dream for me I'm that's it I'm done so I stopped the job four months later moved back home and started my own like self-employed business um so this is where I started to be like, I need to start to heal myself like really big time. Yeah. I started to see a therapist actually. That was my first step in my healing journey, I like to say, because for the first time I was actually honoring the voices in my head and the voices, the, what was going on in my body. And that was yeah. during COVID. Then the second step, yeah, COVID, yeah. Second step was energy work. So I went to an energy healer and we started to do, have you ever heard of muscle testing? No. So basically it's testing your energetic field. It's hard to explain about like doing it. That's my one thing about energy work is if like, if you've never done it, just do it, you know, and then you can understand. But basically it's testing your energy field through muscles and it's like their reactions very much so scientifically backed, but it blew like my, my mind here Mm. because we were starting to get through like in the womb trauma and like, yeah. This I was like, whoa, you know, like this is a whole different world. And then the end of a relationship that was like seven years long happened. And that was like the wow. universe really is like trying to tell me something here. So that I, I remember that decision. I was like, this is, I don't care how much money I make for the next three months. Like I, I was living at home. Mm. I was like, I'm going to focus on healing. That is literally the only thing I'm focusing on. Yep. And that would be the start of my hormone-based journey because I got off of birth control immediately. I was going to energy workers like bi-weekly. I, I invested in a functional doctor. And I mean, my life has it looks completely different from a couple years ago because I made those initial investments and also not saying that this is an investment story but it, but it kind of is you know it's like investing in completely yeah. different modes of healing and honestly you know I it was I'm a dietitian so like I knew how to eat but like that wasn't it though like like hormones yes the food was so important to me but it wasn't until I started to get really nitty gritty into nutrient deficiencies, but then we get into inflammation caused by stress, which with autoimmune hormonal things is all going to be, mm-hmm. I don't say all, but usually due to this yeah. intense toxic masculine nature. Yeah. And so I was 12 when I was diagnosed with this. So basically how like leaning into divine feminine, what does that even mean? And yeah. how is that important to healing? Yeah. But what I've now, like with my clients now, honestly, that 
journey, that their journey of understanding their divine feminine, I think is ultimately the most powerful. Yeah, interesting. Gift for them, you know, because you could eat the perfect foods, but if you are in this like stressed so, state, I, yeah, I think this is it. It's like you've gone through obviously like years. I mean, I, I, you know, did my holistic nutrition health coaching so that's not even close to the kind of intensity and depth scientifically as you will have gone into in your studies and I think it's like you know obviously those things are really really helpful but at the same time you're exactly right that like nutrition's not actually that complicated yeah you know as in the basic like actually you know most people just really need to start with like eating more fruit and vegetables eating more color making sure that they're like balancing their macros yeah. And you, you can kind of tell someone what to do really quite briefly, yeah. but it's so much deeper. It's the like, why is this not happening? Why, like, what is happening in your body? Where is that stress coming from? And that takes yeah. so much more, that takes so much more to unwind. Um, yeah. For sure. Wow. Yeah. And, um, so five years on hormonal birth control. Did you have some symptom fallouts when you came so for me so I'll, I'll go back to the symptoms that I had that was a long story but I'll say just the symptoms I had experienced during the time so that if any listeners can connect then they feel a little bit whatever so psoriasis was really big like I had like bleeding psoriasis like, mm. on my elbows at, at mm. one point um eczema migraines all the time um like I said the digestion issues um act like like really ouch acne you know like really sometimes get a little bit on my cycle you know we're human but like really ouch acne um but after oh hair loss was a a thing for me for sure but not like oh here's a chunk of my hair it's just like wow like the shower you're like oh okay wow um okay so anyway getting off of birth control for me I there was a right when I got off of birth control though it was a huge shift in my whole life. That was like the, I need to heal everything because everything was changing. Mm-hmm. So I lost like 10 pounds, right? Like almost right away, which was very scary to me, actually. People were like, they're like, oh my gosh, you look so good. Whereas you like amazing. <laughs> but I was like, I was like, I feel like this is really fast and I don't know what's, you know, like I was actually yeah. kind of scared about it while it was happening. Yeah. Um, now, a couple years later, I've, I think that there is like five to seven pounds, five to five or six pounds of water weight. And I've like leveled out and you know, whatever. Um, the migraines have decreased massively. Again, I was doing all the energy work and the, like the re changing how I live my life in every way. So I was decreasing stress with my life, but anyway, um, and then like GI wise it's just that you could tell that my body was giving me less stress signals that's what yeah. it was yeah. like it was just it it was it's been a journey I always tell my clients that even in the last like year I'm still seeing positive improvements health wise in my functional journey because I think that when you've been effed for so long you don't even yeah like like oh anxiety was always one that always blew my mind because I defined myself as somebody who was like a type a anxious person I definitely have a lot of energy as a human, but like through this transition, I realized that anxious is not a part of my personality, that that was a symptom. And like for so many women, that's a personality trait, you know? And they're like, oh, that's just me. No, it's just me. (laughs) You know, like, it's 
you know, because you're so used to it. And so I think that that's been a huge, huge, um, I apologize if I revered, I mean, veered from the question, but I think it's been huge. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a symptom until it's healing. And I'm like, yeah. you yeah, know, and I think that that's, I think that that's what's so crazy. Yeah. I think it can be also with the hormonal birth control piece. Um, it can be really, you know, it can be hard to openly just be like, Hey, this is actually just really not doing yeah. any good. But like, I, you know, I am yeah. very much like openly of the, of yeah. the opinion of the knowledge, even like it's not doing you any good. Yeah. Um, and what's so crazy is like, as you, you know, I've, I've done your um, hormonal healing workshop that you did last yeah last month or so um and it really just to top up on my knowledge it's been a while (laughs) um no it was just really interesting to have that reminder that you know these nutrient deficiencies yeah that um you know can be such a problem for hormonal health yeah a lot of those nutrient deficiencies are worsened by hormonal birth control yeah yeah, the yeah, yeah like the synthetic hormones in yeah. the birth control it's not even just like okay vitamin b and c and some of those yeah. minerals are going to help you heal yeah. that's absolutely the truth the truth um you know it's absolutely helpful but also it's the fact that like you will have a deficiency in those potentially if you've been on that synthetic for that long yeah like yeah. literally i remember learning in school did I learn it no I probably didn't learn the thing is I also feel like I learned so much more nutrition out Mm -hmm. of school in school like I feel like I'm like yes I have a master's degree in nutrition and dietetics dang flab it yeah but when it comes to this kind of stuff it's so anyway I feel like I learned from personal experience and helping people honestly well I mean Um, also just like the more up-to-date understanding yeah of these things takes a really long time to then filter into the education so yeah. that's why practitioners like you and me, and yeah. even in very kind of, even in slightly like more parallel fields, we yeah. need to stay up to date. And like, actually, yeah. that's also one of the reasons why when you go through kind of more mainstream yeah. routes, yeah. you might not actually be getting the most like up to date information. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, the like B vitamins, it literally depletes your B vitamins. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, so and those are essential <laughs> for your hormonal health. So it's just like yeah. you went on this hormonal birth control in order to balance your hormones, but actually yeah. it has worsened. Yeah. <laughs> it has worsened yeah. the root cause of these imbalances. God damn it. Um, I would love to hear your take on. So obviously, we talk, we you've touched on the divine feminine. This is, of course, yeah. something that I you know, something that I work with, something that I care about a lot. Um, I'd love to hear your take on the relationship between our ability to connect to our feminine while being on hormonal birth control. Okay. All right. I just think about the question for a second. (laughs) It was was quite um, a big and weirdly phrased question and really like dramatic pauses. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that the number one 
the number one thing with hormonal birth control is that we are adding something to our system that's not supposed to be added to our our, our system. Mm. But our body is very intelligent. It's very smart, and it wants to rebalance. So it does itself to rebalance. It, it does its best to rebalance while you have this new substance in your system. The truth of the matter is that because it's a different substance, you're simply not going to be able to rebalance the yep. in a natural way because there's something else happening. So while we are driven by this artificial, whatever, chemical uh, medication, mm. um, finding that divine feminine is just not, when, and to our, this audience, I feel like definitely knows divine feminine, right? We like this, yeah. this audience for sure. By the time, that. by the time this episode comes out, I will have They're definitely like, gone yeah, into it. Know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So the whole idea of like the divine femininity is like to be in the flow, literally be in the flow, like to be one with your flow, one with, in my, in my opinion, you maybe think of the different opinion, but um, or a different way of explaining, but to be one with your own flow, to be very intuitive with your energy levels, mm-hmm. to be intuitive with your emotions, to tap into receiving, mm-hmm. uh, to create creation and receiving. Mm-hmm. And when we're in, when we're on birth control and some people, you know, if you're listening and you're like, I really need it for whatever reason, no shame in any way, but we're just having a conversation about it. Um, is that your, your body is just it, you can't that's a divine femininity is a natural state yeah. and so when you're in something that's not natural it's yeah. very challenging to come back yeah. to the natural state i think that's the most simple so yeah. yeah yeah no no i think that's a really nice way of explaining it because it's quite easy to just say like you're switching off your cycles your womb yeah. is the kind of energetic center yeah. of your intuition of your feminine yeah. So of course it's going to be more difficult, but the way that you have explained it yeah. is a really nice way of breaking it down. So thank you for that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I have so many. I've got so many questions, and I'm just trying to order myself. Um, this is what it sounds like when Sarah's on like ovulatory energy. I'm ovulating right now, <laughs> um, and over over excited to be having this conversation. Um, so obviously, um obviously healing hormonal health is complex and it does require a certain amount of discipline like quote unquote right it it requires effort I think it can be difficult in this space we kind of want completely effortless solutions and like yes it shouldn't feel like extremely hard work because you know getting more into this just like masculine to-do list is not really going to be super healing it's going to be stressful but of course there are things you have to do um but I think you can you can definitely see especially in the hormonal healing space some of the regimens that are being sold and promoted are really 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 strict and we have to be really aware of like moving into some kind of like hyper restrictive behavior like how do you balance that how do you approach that okay so I'm definitely I have some history within my family of like disordered eating patterns mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I very much so am very aware of that world and how hyper even, okay. I'm literally a hormone coach again, registered dietitian, whatever, but I look at these things online 
And it like makes, I, I catch myself, but I'm like, oh my God, like I'm not doing the right thing. Like I, I see yeah, that. And I'm crazy. like, I literally like feel the diet culture wanting to see, seep in, you know, and just like make me feel like I'm not good enough or like my body isn't looking something enough or I'm, oh my gosh, I'm inflamed. So, you know, like just, so first of all, I want to say in connection to the audience that is listening that a professional in the space finds it challenging too sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I have to be very careful to be like Michaela. This is this is sexy content that's trying to get your eyes. Like, stop, you know. <laughs> stop with the sexiness, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, that being said, I totally agree in that when we're doing hyper-restriction, it's taking away from the whole vibe of like what divine feminine even is and that kind of relaxed kind of, huh. So with my clients or how, how I work with my clients, I know we're saying that nutrition is super simple, but honestly, the simplicity is how, the simplicity is what is making it difficult actually, because we are so used to ha- having this super challenging like to-do list. Oh my gosh, if I can do this, then I'll succeed, whatever. But honestly, rewiring our minds to be like, okay, is my balance, is my breakfast balanced? Okay. Yeah. My lunch balanced. Is my dinner balanced? Okay. Did I drink enough water today? Did I have some minerals? You know, that actually incorporating those super simple habits, I find actually allows the divine feminine to step in because we are it's taking it back to simplicity and saying I'm creating space yeah, and that allows more flow. Yeah. I mean, creating structure in order to be able to flow, you know, it's really essential and you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. That like, I think an issue that we get into is because people have so much knowledge looking for more knowledge, but not actually looking to action and implement the fundamentals and yeah. so actually just like supporting them to to implement those fundamentals is yeah. is yeah. the thing and and of course you know it's easier if we could say go and chew on this leaf yeah that yeah. you'll find deep in the forest and all of your hormonal health problems will go away as opposed to just being like well actually you need to be like eating three times a day and including these things and being aware of this and being aware yeah. of your hydration and just like building up those yeah. those blocks that really you know it, it restructures as you said the yeah. whole approach the whole approach to life um but yeah finding that ba- I think finding the finding the balance where someone can do that without obsession and without feeling like everything's going to go to shit if they don't do it and that they're a failure if they don't. And that's, yeah. yeah. And I think that, so my clients are always like, yeah, I mean, the hormone stuff is great, but honestly, my mental health is really what improved the most of the program. And I think that that's because they were able to take it back down to the basics and say this basic meal or this basic, whatever that made with their favorite foods, by the way, we never like restrict whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, unless it's a food that they're allergic to, you know, mm. but, um, by having these little acts of self-care, they are saying they're, they're able to improve their mental health by mm-hmm. again having that space and that flow. And I mean, it's literally reducing, it's literally reducing the stresses. 
So I think yeah. we something that I work on quite a lot um, within the more kind of holistic health side of what I of what I do is understanding how many different like how many different um, stress inputs there can be. A lot of people just think like, okay, my job's stressful and my relationship is stressful or like my family situation is stressful my kids are stressful people like very much associate stress with just like the circumstances but actually it's your nutrition it's your sleep it's how you're moving if your body's really like tight you need to stretch that's even stressful and like all of those things are going to be impacting yeah your hormones and your mental health um I actually I find that I find that really empowering for people to understand that like you don't necessarily guess if you can make really significant changes to your work life or your home life, you know, absolutely. But for a lot of people, that's just like not a reality. Yeah. And understanding that like, there's so many different ways that you can kind of tip tip the scales more in, more in your favor. Yeah. Um, And I, I think that that's again, like tying into alignment. So like, I know that I, like my personal story, it honestly did require some major crazy life changes. And I know that's not everybody, but that's because I was obviously out of massively out of alignment. And that was like the (laughs) chiropractor going, you know, um, but maybe those things are like going really well for you. And you like, honestly, it it doesn't have to be that big of a story. Like mine just happens to be, but even if your story, you you know, you, you, you really honestly like your job and you, you are doing well with the, like what you were saying, like Mm, things are good, but your body is still saying these signals and these signs, like honestly, really changing these little habits. Um, and maybe, you know, introducing yourself to some kind of spiritual practice, if you're not already doing it, like connecting with, with a deeper version of you, maybe that's really all that you need. Like, it doesn't even have to be that, that crazy, you know? No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I mean, that connection to something beyond ourselves, it does something to our sense of like trust and gratitude and safety. And it doesn't really matter what it is, yeah. but finding something beyond yourself. Yeah. Um, I do find very grounding. Um, speaking of these kind of mind, more like mindset, spiritual, energetic side, obviously you work with people you've worked with a lot of people who have different hormonal diagnoses so like PCOS endometriosis thyroid mm-hmm. I guess those would be the kind of yeah or just ones. like people honestly who like they, they don't even have to have a diagnosis but still something right. just like <laughs> yeah 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 and just general imbalances adrenal fatigue all yeah. this um yeah. but I would love to know from that you know from that experience and you having these this kind of dual approach of the let's say like the lifestyle and the nutrition and the scientific and then the energetic like have you noticed kind of patterns of people's like character traits and their emotional and energetic traits that kind of map on to these different these different yeah y- yes and I might answer it differently than you're asking, but I think it's still a good answer. So um, I'm also a Reiki practitioner, if you didn't know that already, but a Reiki practitioner. And so I, my flow with Reiki tends to be the chakras. I like the chakras. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I like to talk about on my witchy Wednesdays. I do a lot of witchy Wednesdays, but all about the throat chakra a lot because that's our thyroid space. That's like the mm-hmm. home of our endocrine system mm-hmm. and AKA hormones. And um, many women who are struggling with a hormonal imbalance are also struggling with a throat chakra issue um, or I don't different, different word Their Their throat chakra is simply not open. And how we can support that is literally using our voice and that's huge for women um i think that especially if you grew up in any type of household that you know you didn't feel like you could share your voice or maybe like your mom couldn't feel like they couldn't share their voice or something whatever Mm -hmm. we all have childhood stuff but or just society you don't feel like you could share your voice because women you know like maybe (laughs) it's just harder to share your voice because it's scary maybe you work in a masculine dominated field and you're like wow this is scary whatever so something that I see across the board for hormonal health is loving on the throat chakra mm. other so speaking your truth for sure but that doesn't have to be like oh I'm screaming at the top of my lungs because I hate people it doesn't have to be that it's just like I'm honoring my thoughts maybe it's journaling more often so you're honoring mm. what's going on for yourself um for me I got voice lessons actually because I am in theater and stuff and singing mm. is a really powerful way of yeah. opening your throat chakra and even if you don't want to do it, like, oh, I'm not really a good singer. But honestly, I swear to goodness, sometimes you don't want to use, like, I, I have voice lessons. And sometimes I don't want to use my voice. I'm like, I literally don't want to share my voice today. And it's literally like therapy going to this lesson because it's me, like, allowing myself to be vulnerable with my voice. And it's like, it's one of the most powerful powerful forms of therapy that I didn't even realize was going to happen to me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, basically getting the gist of how can I share my voice and actually honor it and just honor my voice. And that would be the throat chakra space and just kind of like watch how you transform at a, at a stress level. Like if we actually honor our feelings, then and our voice, that stress is no longer inside. It's, yeah. it's released. That's also so interesting because that's um, the literal like physical um, vagal and fascial connection between the throat and Uh the pelvic floor. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. The other one is definitely like um, sacral chakra, root chakra, you know, and so allowing ourselves to be to ground ourselves but also be open in our own sexuality sensuality Mm -hmm. maybe just femininity maybe just our own power just literally saying i am a powerful being just and owning it that's really hard to say for a lot of women you know Mm -hmm. um to believe it and so maybe i'm thinking of ways like action steps you know if you're listening to this now literally just action steps to change your entire energetic body yeah (laughs) But it's literally like sit down and say, I'm amazing. Like just allow yourself to ground, like visualize the plants just coming on and bringing you down to earth and whatever works for you. Think of a, get, look up a 10 minute, um, not podcast, a YouTube video on a, a grounding, you know, root chakra opening meditation. But anyway, so. Note to self, share root chakra breathwork and meditation in next yes. episode. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> but anyway, so those are my thoughts for sure. It would be the throat, throat mm -hmm. chakra and then our lower like rooting sacral chakra spaces. And so owning our, just like owning our power and yeah. our, our voice to be yeah. heard. I definitely resonate with that. I definitely resonate with that a lot. Um, caffeine. <laughs> This is a complete, a complete, a complete <laughs> like, I'm really conscious of time and I basically just really want to make sure that I ask the things that I want to ask um, and make sure that everyone hears the things that um, that will be helpful. Caffeine is a really big one um, that I think can be one of the hardest things to work with people on because we are so dependent on it. It's like such a celebrated, uh, such a celebrated enjoyment. It's so cultural. It's like... There is, there are social elements to it, it's everything. Um, I, you know, like I love my like morning matcha ritual, but I'm someone that's like super, super coffee sensitive. Yeah. Yep. Super coffee sensitive. So can you tell us a little bit about maybe the do's and don'ts with caffeine for your hormonal health? Yeah. So first of all, I love coffee so this is yeah. always a hard like and i'm extremely sensitive to caffeine like i will go like i love coffee culture that's what i call it like i yes. love the cafes i love it i will spend like i'll, I'll spend i don't know six dollars or whatever on your coffee for it to be decaf like that's how much i love coffee culture yes um so if you're listening know that i do love coffee it's i'm not a hater okay likewise um, <laughs> but ways to support caffeine so let's talk about why caffeine is not helpful to hormones first yes. Yeah. yes so basically it's especially if you're super sensitive it's a up in a cortisol and up in adrenaline and then it's just stress on our body so it sucks we all love coffee but it is stress so if we're really trying to dig deep into hormonal health Unfortunately, it is a stressor. I hate it. Like I hate, I hate that. I wish it wasn't. But regardless, um, so ways that we can combat this, or at least, you know, put, just put our body through a little bit less stress. And I'm not even going to say go full blown decaf. I happen to have made that decision because it's the best thing for me. Um, sometimes I'll do half calf, but like honestly the best decision for me in terms of my own stress levels was just going drinking decaf. Yeah. Um, but if you're like, you know what, that's not going to work for me. Okay. I love you, but no, um, <laughs> the number one thing I would say is making sure you're just not eating or drinking it on an empty stomach. That's like huge, 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 yeah. huge. And that one you do see all over the internet, but I, that one, that one is true. It's that really one's true. Really yeah. true. Is, that's, yeah. I, that's like a really interesting one, right? Because clearly it's impacting stress levels but i also think it's impacting our blood sugar yeah so okay yep mm -hmm. because of the link between cortisol and glucose right we release yeah. cortisol part mm -hmm. of that stress response is to release glucose because like mm -hmm. for me if i ever drink a cup of coffee in the morning this is mostly anecdotal because i've really looked I think I have seen some research backing this up, but obviously people yeah. are looking so closely into this and yeah. within the intermittent fasting community, it's just very much like, yeah, it's great. Men love it. Just drink all the coffee you want on an empty stomach. Like coffee is a meal. I'm like, fuck off. Like, um, <laughs> but like for me, if I drink coffee on an empty stomach, 
my blood sugar is fucked the rest of the day. So I know I'm swearing, but it's my podcast. Well. Or whatever. Podcast, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like um, Brits really love to swear. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, so if, say somebody's on a glu- continuous glucose monitor, um, type one diabetic, a family member with type one diabetes, and if they're having a super stressful day, their blood sugars are going up. So it makes sense um, that if you're super, super sensitive to caffeine, so that's increasing your stress levels, then your body's pumping out uh, in your system basically. And like, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, that does make sense. Now I do want to say though, that there's a lot of people that are as sensitive. Like if you were sensitive there, if you were extremely sensitive, like we are, you know, I think it's more of like, okay, what is gent? What's best for me? Like you gotta like sit with yourself and be like, it was like a come to God moment for me. I was like, oh, I know that decaf is better, <laughs> but um, if you are again, if you are not that sensitive to caffeine, um, then really again, just making sure you're having it with like a balanced meal is really yeah. gonna help because then you're having a protein, you're having your healthy fats, you have um what which is going to help that blood sugar just stabilize and and come back down now if you're somebody who is super super sensitive to caffeine though um that not saying that this is you however there is a correlation with people being super sensitive to caffeine and also like a cortisol issue so Mm -hmm. uh, cognitively i'm like okay like i'm really trying to support that stress and i got to short-term short-term decisions for a long-term goal (laughs) Um, no that definitely yeah no that I mean that absolutely answers my question and also makes a lot of sense in the context of that link between caffeine sensitivity and cortisol because my caffeine sensitivity I'm pretty sure has massively reduced in the last year and that's kind of basically after a very long trauma healing um process that I've been through myself so my baseline cortisol levels are a lot lower I still don't go in for the full caffeinated coffee because I you know it's one of those things that you're just like you know it nearly killed me before so I might as well just not um but it is super interesting that you bring that up because I was just the only time recently that I've just gone all out with the caffeine is I was traveling in Vietnam with my husband in May and the Vietnamese coffee is just absolutely ridiculous. It's like so good, but it's just like unbelievably strong, unbelievably strong, incredibly sweet. Uh, and I was probably having like two a day, which for me is absolutely wild. Yeah. And I was completely fine. I was completely fine. And I'm pretty sure it's just because I was so relaxed. Yeah. So I like, I didn't have that kind of, that already like <laughs> yeah. on the edge vibe. Um but yeah, that's uh, that's really that's really really interesting. So yeah, for anyone listening, if you know that you have chronic stress, um, that could be causing that caffeine sensitivity, or at least related. But it's kind of it's a little bit of a vicious circle, right? Because obviously your caffeine intake can be yeah. can I be. Mean, I think that actually, you just step back to the divine feminine world too. Is like, uh, or not step back, but whatever in the conversation. Um, but you being intuitive with what is my body okay with today like yes yes that's that's huge I think again even just being like oh I'm never having it up again that's kind of intense and restrictive right so um like I said like sometimes I have my half decaf or whatever but it's saying what is my body what what can my body handle right now and and actually honoring it yes yes 
And for those for those of us who, or for those listeners who maybe haven't gone through so much of this um, journey to like interception and knowing how to listen to their bodies, yeah. are there any are there any tips in terms of our cycle that you can give about like, okay, like at these times you might be able to handle a little bit more and more stress or like at these times be really careful and gentle. Yeah. I mean, well, I think that definitely that, okay. Again, I'm definitely a big advocate about like what's best for you. Like, like, yeah, what is, what is best for you? But if you're new to this, I like that that PMS time or like that period mm-hmm. that time right before your period and the actual menstrual cycle actually I'll just come from personal experience because I do feel like it is very individualized but during those periods of time I'm very much so like I'm only receiving I'm not putting out much because that is all I'm doing um those periods of time now for caffeine that's actually a very interesting question mm-hmm. I I'm not sure I would put caffeine and the cycle together, actually. Uh, I would say if this cycle, like on a macro scale, has been a stressful one, let's not make mm, it more stressful. Mm. But if you're like, you know what, like, I've been doing, I've been, I've been fine. Mm. Like, I don't feel like I felt, then maybe caffeine's okay right now, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, instead of, that that might be argued from by somebody else, but I think it's more of like a macro scale. Of how is the cycle going? Yeah, instead of a a phase within it. Yeah, sure, that, that makes sense. sense. That makes complete sense. Okay, complete sense. Complete sense. Um, I just like would um would clarify for um listeners you're talking about PMS phase. That would be your late luteal, so like the week just before your period, and then the days of your period. Yes, that time that you're talking about. yes what would what do you wish more people slash all women knew about their bodies or their hormonal health or their anything what do you wish that women knew um I again coming from a personal thing and then the answer um I was told for a very long time by honestly my dad actually he was on his own health journey at some point with chronic Lyme disease Anyway, functional medicine really saved him legitimately. So he was like, Michaela, I think it's time to do a functional doctor. And I was just like, no, my doctor knows. I'm with an endocrinologist. He's a specialist. You know, like, no, I just really had this like profound trust in the medical system um, because I had a clinical background too. I mean, like I was supposed to, I was like groomed to trust the system. Um, And I think that, Uh, what I wish more women knew is that if you have a symptom coming up, you have the right to heal it. Um, And if you are getting, I use the word like gaslit on my page or my content a lot, but if you are getting gaslit by your medical professionals, yourself or friends, because I feel like I gaslit myself a lot being like, I'm just like stressed, but in a not like deep, like I was just like, it's just been a week, you know, it'll pass. Um, yeah and so I think I I just basically my whole marketing is based on like you you can heal it's a matter of you deciding am I worthy of healing and am I allowing myself to go on that journey you know yes completely that resonates so much that resonates so much um it's exactly it's that worthiness yeah there has to be there has to be a decision like I'm worthy like and 
however you get there, whether it's just like really deciding to start viewing yourself as sacred, you know, viewing yourself as like divine and worthy of like everything you need to do to get to that place. Cause um, it's just so much better on the other side. Yeah. Amen. Really is so much better on the other side. So tell me how can our listeners find you? Where do you share your juicy wisdom and how can people find you to work together? All the things. Amazing. So health coach Michaela on Instagram at health coach Michaela. Um, and I'm on, honestly, friend me on Facebook, Michaela, right? Honestly, put all my stuff on my personal profile, just because I find that my community, like I become close in my community, you know? Um, but I have, in terms of like potential programs yeah. that I have, I have a one-on-one coaching program, which is unlimited support. Um, and this is for somebody who's really ready to like go all in on having that expert support and accountability. Um, I usually work with people for at least six months. Um, I find that's a really good timeline to give you yeah. some breathing space. Yeah. Um, I also have a course. So if you're somebody who's really like that self-study, you're really accountable to those things, but you really just want to get that education because honestly, a huge part of the issue is that we're just, we don't have the education about what's going on. Um, and so I also have a course so yeah. called Little Happy Hormones. So those are my thing, two. The yeah. thing that we all should have been taught in school, what's happening with our bodies every month uh, <laughs> and yeah. how to take care of ourselves. Cause yeah, yeah. so important that women are given the knowledge and the support so thank you for doing that I will make sure that everything um everything all your links all of your socials are in the show notes um thank you so much for all of your wisdom I feel like I definitely need to have you back to go into multiple different deep dive topics because we've just (laughs) such like a such a broad sweeping overview of all the things from history from the history of witches to the impact of caffeine um (laughs) on our blood sugar all of the things but all of them are important um so much thank you so so much yes of course thank you for inviting me Thank you so much for spending your time listening to this episode of Heal with Sarah Olivia. I appreciate every moment that you spend with us here. If you would like to connect with me further, you can follow me on Instagram, Heal with Sarah Olivia, or on my website, HealWithSarahOlivia.com all very straightforward. You can find all of the links to my work and our guests work in the show notes below. If you'd like to support this podcast and my work, I would be so grateful if you would follow this podcast, rate it on whichever platform you use. And you can also tag me when you share this on your social media, and you will be in with a chance of winning a tailored one-on-one breath journey with me. Finally, the beautiful music that you have heard is by my friend Ali Reza Abdullahi. So thank you so much to him for that beautiful piece of work. Have a lovely day. Sending you so much love.